0: Hi and welcome to Kintsugi Life Podcast 002, Topic The Heart. This is the Kintsugi Life Podcast from Toby Hazelwood. You can contact me at toby at kintsugilife.co if you have feedback or comments on this episode. Let's get into the content. Hi. And welcome to Episode 2 of the Kintsugi Life Podcast, The Heart. Hopefully in Episode 1 you were able to understand how I believe the principles of the ancient Japanese art form Kintsugi can be applied in our lives. What I mean by this is that in applying Kintsugi to our lives, we take past hardships, challenges, difficulties, and if you want to think of them as such, breakages, and in the healing and in the repair We don't just move forwards trying to claw our way back to where we were, but we value the breakage, we value the process of learning and healing from it, so that when the time comes and when we face similar challenges in future, we do so in a far stronger way than we were able to previously. Now obviously Kintsugi can be applied, I think, as an idea in many aspects of our lives, and over the coming episodes I wanted to talk about some of the ways in which I think this can happen and how we can employ it. The first episode that I'm going to be discussing that in is this one where I talk about how Kintsugi can be applied in our lives, in our relationships and in all matters of the heart. Now this isn't just solely in relation to our romantic relationships and our partnerships and marriages um, but it's in in all aspects of relationships, so our friendships, in our family life and in our relationship with our kids and our parents. There are always going to be um, the events and the difficulties that come along. Um, And it's about how we employ the learning process and how we grow and strengthen in that process that we can benefit from the Kintsugi um, principles. So the first aspect I wanted to talk about really is in how Kintsugi applies in romantic relationships. So as I mentioned in the in the intro podcast episode one, um, I, I first realized in learning about Kintsugi that the way I'd been applying it was in my life after divorce from my first marriage. Now, obviously, divorce is is a typically thought of as a breakage in the uh, purest sense, the breakage of a relationship when things go wrong, it falls apart, and for whatever reason, everyone who's involved has to go through quite a bit of pain and hardship. Um, for those who are divorcing themselves, as I was, it's it's really about taking forward the learning from that process, ultimately getting through the pain, getting through the learning, getting through the divorce healing process, which I'll talk about a bit more in a minute, uh, and then moving forward, hopefully, as a better version of yourself. You're not just clawing your way to get back to, to hopefully surviving in life, but actually you're, you're treating divorce as a prompt to reevaluate your life and to prepare yourself to live the life you want to live. Before we get too far into the idea of breakages in relationships, though, I think the principles of Kintsugi are really able to serve us as a kind of preemptive measure, preemptively strengthening us for challenges that we may face in future. So I guess the key thing is that we want to make sure before we enter into a relationship that we're fully prepared in ourselves and we're fully self-reliant in ourselves to in order to make sure that we are the best version of ourselves that we can be. The key thing is that we don't want to look to every relationship as either a crutch, or a fix, or a replacement for something that we're simply missing in our own lives. You know, relationships are complicated things, they're difficult things at times, and one of the key things to do is, is to go into that relationship knowing that you're the best version of yourself you can be, and that that relationship isn't something there as a prop or a, a crutch, but it's rather there to enrich your life as it should be. You know, we all need companionship, we all need everything that a relationship brings us. Uh, love, care, someone to share the fun times with, someone to help us through the difficulties. But really, unless we've got the self-reliance we need in ourselves to begin with, then that relationship is going to in some way be relied upon as a crutch or a fix. And and that's not a healthy beginning for it. So, you know, some of the reasons I think I can think of off the top of my head of of, of why a relationship might be treated as a replacement is when you're lonely, you know, you're looking to it to provide you something that's that you want someone else to fulfill in your life. You want someone else to make you feel okay. Um, we may want someone to provide for us, someone to to you know provide material support to us. We may want it to improve our self-esteem, so you know we may be looking for someone else to provide that validation of ourselves. Um, we may need someone, or we may want someone to to kind of serve us, or or help bring calm to our life. We may think of ourselves as quite an intense person and, and we may want someone else to offer the balance of that. Um, we may be commun- confusing neediness with being needed and being valued. And and essentially, you, know, you can go into a relationship thinking you need someone. It's nice to feel wanted, it's nice to feel needed, but you don't want to stray into the territory where that relationship puts you in a position where you're coming across as needy. Coming across as needing someone else to support you, someone else to provide for you and someone else to kind of complete you. You know, it's nice when you're feeling in a relationship that you have that feeling of being completed by the other person, like they're the other half of you, like they're your soulmate or anyone and any one of a number of other cliches you may want to provide or use. But in essence it's 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 about feeling self reliant and, and completely complete in yourself, totally complete in yourself before you go into that relationship space so of course once you get past that once you're assuming now you've entered into a relationship then you know there are other ways in which you can kind of employ kintsugi to to kind of strengthen yourself and prepare yourself for that process so you may reflect on times in your life where you've you've displayed certain traits that are going to kind of hinder you in a relationship so things that i'm thinking about here may be where you have a tendency towards complacency or you have a tendency towards taking things for granted Um, a tendency to to kind of constantly look to other people to solve your problems and and kind of pick you up and and deal with your shit when you've got your own shit to deal with and you're kind of not clear on why why it is that you're someone else's problem you know the, the idea is that you can reflect on your own life and the way that you are if you're being honest with yourself and think about ways in which someone else you know there's a risk there that someone else may be looked upon to to kind of fix those problems and and that's not a good place to be that's not a good thing to take into a relationship so the first part of Kintsugi related healing that you can kind of employ in your life is to try and work on those traits you know try and work through the ideas of why you tend to take people for granted after a while or why you tend to take things for granted or let other people provide for you or let other people pick up the slack in your life you know and maybe try and address those things before you're going into a relationship so, assuming then that the relationship has, has kind of happened, and, and perhaps then, you know, inevitably some relationships do end up in divorce or separation, the next aspect in which <coughs> Kintsugi can be employed and applied is in working through that recovery process. So, you know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of information out there about the divorce recovery process, and I don't think anyone who's been through divorce would deny the amount of time it takes. You know, you think you're going into it that you're either going into it reluctantly because the other person has asked for the divorce, or you're going into it willingly and excited about the fact that you're finally going to break free from this relationship. But in either instance, I think there's a tendency to underestimate how much time actually takes to get through divorce, not just logistically and and in terms of the the actual process, the legal process, but in terms of the time it takes to heal, the time it takes to get over the wounds and to get over the difficulties and, and to really reflect on everything that's happened and i know in my own divorce it took a lot of time for me to to kind of process it it was a relatively amicable divorce but really the effects of it took years to unfold um and it wasn't achieved overnight it wasn't achieved on my own even you know there were periods where i felt the need for for counseling and antidepressants to help me function in life and ultimately the counseling and and talking about things with with people who were trained to help me Enabled me to work through that learning and to work through that pain and to figure out what I really had done and what part I'd played in it, as well as what part she'd played in it. So you know, the first part of the the three stage divorce recovery process that I advocate is is really to kind of regroup completely in yourself. Um, and and from a kintsugi perspective, that regrouping tends to be about looking at yourself and figuring out what part you played in the divorce and what part you played in the difficulties identifying the challenges that you brought to the situation and then really figuring out how you're going to work on those because whether or not you you feel you want a future relationship and most people don't when they first divorce you know it's a simple fact you don't fall into the fire and immediately the point you get out you think you're going to jump straight back in with both feet you know but most people over time do come around to the idea that they will want another relationship because we are social creatures as humans so from my perspective, you know, getting yourself sorted first and foremost is key. And it can feel selfish at times, particularly if you have kids, as I do. It can feel extremely selfish to say, right, I need to sort myself out. You know, and it doesn't mean you stop caring for your kids while you're working through divorce. But if you don't get yourself sorted, you are the bedrock. You are the base of the pyramid. You are the foundations of your life and, and your life in all guises. So whether you're a parent, uh, employee or whatever, you are the foundation of it and you need to get yourself sorted before you can effectively serve others. The next stage once you feel you are genuinely you know making good progress and you're on track is to think about how you rebuild your life for the benefit of your kids. Now the Kintsugi thinking again comes in here because you know I think in most cases whilst the two parents may have disagreements and may have your challenges you don't want to immediately consign your kids to a life where the parents are constantly arguing or where they can't see one parent or the other because of vendettas between you. You know, there may be scenarios, of course, where for reasons of abuse or neglect or or incapacity, you know, that both one parent or the other can't play a part in the future life of the kids. And whilst that is tragic, it's a necessity. But I think the key thing is that in reflecting upon how you want to raise your kids going forwards, you need to try and separate the learnings that are about yourself and the difficulties you and your ex or your soon-to-be ex had in your relationship from the things about your kids, you know, because chances are you were both actively involved in the raising of the kids and there's no reason why that should change post-divorce. So Kintsugi thinking on that would say, okay, you know, there, there are good things and bad things. The bad things in that setup were perhaps brought to the parenting setup by the fact that you and your ex weren't able to function and you had disagreements about how the kids were going to be raised but provided you can agree on a joint ethos where you know you have standards of discipline behavior um standards of how you want the kids to feel loved and the support you give them and the interactions they have with their wider family for example you know just to name a few things you know there's no reason why you then shouldn't figure out a parenting plan that go take going forward involves both parents and just agrees some basic parameters you know it's all too often Uh, the case that people resort to the legal system to sort out for them and i just don't think that's applicable it's not appropriate at all times so just try maybe thinking about how you can take the good bits of your past relationship as parents to your kids and take the good bits of your your past relationship to each other perhaps you know you don't necessarily have to hate each other's guts you don't have to constantly avoid each other um and, and you know, preserve those good things, but actually in terms of the bad things, the, the things that we can apply kintsugi thinking to, think about how you can mend those, think about how you can repair those and strengthen them. So build upon the fact that, you know, you, you're going to have two separate homes for your kids and, and make that a positive for them, make that something that's, you know, beneficial for them, uh, gives them opportunity rather than treating it as some hardship that's got to be overcome. So, just consulting my notes here, some of the things I wanted to cover. Um, the final stage then in the divorce recovery process is once you've got your your foundations of your pyramid sorted, i.e. yourself, and then you've moved on to your relationship with the wider world and the wider people in your life, so your kids predominantly if you have them, or you know your family members and your friends, you can't be there for anyone unless you're there for yourself first and foremost, you know, the idea of self-reliance that I talked about at the start of the podcast. Um, Once you've dealt with those things, though, it's about looking to to the wider world and thinking, how do I, you know, what do I actually want to achieve in life? What what is it that I really want to go out and get? Because this is the opportunity then to to start the process of designing your new and ideal life. Um, The recovery process isn't just as about getting back on track and back on the track that you were on. As I say, it's it's about taking the opportunity that divorce provides you and actually building from fresh if you want to. You know, you may want a life that was very similar to your past life, and that's fine, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's not a constraint or a limitation. So the idea here then is to to think about building on the strengths that you may have had, you know, strengthening your self-reliance, for example, that you had prior to your relationship or even during your relationship. Maybe building on your career that you'd taken into the relationship or something that you would maybe a career that you'd shelved for the duration of your marriage you know thinking about those sorts of things the things that you actually want to bring about in your life and then forming a plan about going to get them so you know someone returning to work after a few years off during a marriage for example um, i guess typically it would be a woman who, who may have had a break to, to raise a family but you know there can be enormous benefits that can be positioned out of that experience that aren't just about well i stopped work i stopped my career for a few years to raise the kids Actually, that's an enormous, enormously skillful thing to do. You know, to to manage a home and to raise kids and to give them an upbringing, and you know, to do whatever you do with them, whether that's homeschooling them or you know just taking them to play groups and getting them, raising them, and shaping their worldview. You know, it's such an enormous skill to have, and and something that I think needs to be built upon and, and positioned as a strength. And it may even have guided your views. You know, you may want to go into a career that's more about working with people. Um, whether that 's working with kids or just working with people, you know it may have shaped your views entirely. I know it was something that I never <clears throat> never kind of felt completely at one with, probably because I was so young when I was first a parent um, but reflecting on it, I think the the kind of skills that you pick up as a parent you know and being able to negotiate with your kids, being able to empathize with them and understand their their thought processes and understand how they act and think and the things that they do, and how you can get the best out of them. It kind of translates into your wider life you know and I think that's informed what I do now you know I'm a project manager in IT by trade and whenever I describe to people what I do essentially it's a process of organizing others you know getting others to do the things you need them to do when you need to do them and in the right sequence you know and that involves an enormous amount of negotiation and debate and empathy empathy to, to kind of understanding those people's uh, primary drivers that may not align with your own and, and actually just trying to get them to do what you need them to do. And I think those are skills I've definitely honed as a parent. So, you know, I think there are enormous opportunities when you're in stage three of divorce recovery or any stage in your life is to to think about the experiences you have and with a Konsugi lens on it, actually taking those experiences and those skills forwards, either as you build your new career, as you enter into the workplace after divorce, or, you know, as you're shaping a new relationship. You know you know the things that you're good at you know the things you're not so good at and the the complementary skills that you may need from a new relationship or in indeed from your first relationship if it's if, if it's not prior to or if it's not after divorce excuse me so there's a there's a wealth of information i guess and a wealth of ideas about how kintsugi thinking can be applied to divorce as i say that's what prompted the very idea of the kintsugi life movement for me and i'll, I'll be covering uh various aspects of that in more depth uh, in future podcasts. I guess for now, for the purposes of this podcast, the last area that I wanted to to kind of touch upon were the relationship side of of being the family member, being the child, being the parent, being the adult, and the friend and employee or employer of other people. You know, there are relationships abound within our lives. You know, we have in relationships of various depths and various types with numerous different people on, an, on a daily basis um, and I guess what's really significant is that there's always an opportunity to learn about how we conduct ourselves in those relationships to get more of what we want and to better serve people so you know we, there are always challenges there are always the interactions on a nearly daily basis where we we may interact with someone, whether that 's the barista in the coffee shop or someone we 're dealing with at work or or a family member where we've you know we've had a either a tense conversation or um you know there are there are things that we've 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 shared with them that you know we we kind of manage struggling to process perhaps but there's always scope for reflecting on the interactions you have and to reflect on the, the family uh, or the whichever person that is, the conversations that you have, and to learn from those and to maybe move forwards from them and kind of strengthen ourselves for future conversations of a similar nature or even a different nature. So what I mean by this is, you know, we may we may recognise in ourselves that we have a, a trait to jump to conclusions, you know, to, to kind of a, apply an emotional lens onto things and and to, when we do that simply most of the time we're doing it by applying our own thoughts on our own lives and our own thinking to something that someone else is telling us you know we're we're not we're not listening without prejudice as the expression goes we're not listening and just taking in what the person's saying we're really interpreting it through our own social lens so if if we find that we have a trait to do that and to jump to conclusions and to form judgments based on what people are set, telling us, then it's a real opportunity to train ourselves to, to kind of seek out help and to seek out knowledge on how to become a better listener and strengthen our listening, um, which is an enormous part of, of good communication anyway. Um, there are just so many opportunities for growing and healing and strengthening based on weaknesses that we may have and that we may recognise in ourselves as we move forwards so that in future we're not going to make those same mistakes again. We're not going to demonstrate the same hum- harmful or indeed hurtful traits towards others. Um, it's not about saying we're going to become the perfect person because nobody is perfect. You know, We all have the scope to improve. We all have the scope to to do better in our lives and to be a better version of ourselves which is you know in essence the very nature of the kintsugi life movement is to take the difficulties and to strengthen on on those and build around those to kind of address the weaknesses to address the short fallings and to deal with the challenges so that we do come back a better version of ourselves so you know in our relationships with anyone whether that's as a manager to people at work or or as a you know a, a child to our parents who may be aging or to our, a parent to our kids who obviously we are invested in in raising them to be the best human beings they can be you know we always have scope to maybe learn from the things that haven't gone so well and to do them better but equally you know to to double down on the things that are that we are doing well that are working out well so it's not all about you know looking at the challenge looking at the difficulty and thinking of all the the woes that that beset us as we go through life instead it is about recognizing that there are you know, good things that we can double down on but there are also the, the bad things that we do or the things that don't go as we ho- hoped they would and then we can learn from from those learn from the mistakes and then go forwards where we're hopefully not doing the same making the same mistakes again so there's just three things that I want to take away from want you to take away from this um from this podcast today Um and I think there are three three areas in which you can kind of hopefully look at your relationships and kind of maybe make some reflection on where there's scope for things to be done better, where there's scope for improvement, and also to recognize the things you're doing well. So the first thing is you need to be clear for any relationship, you need to be clear on what your goals are for it. If you're gonna be able to shape your efforts and direct your efforts, then you need to be clear on what your goals are. So you know, it doesn't have to be very, very sort of target-based and short-term you know from from the, my perspective of being a parent my goals are to raise you know polite accomplished successful happy loving and loved kids you know and that's my goal so everything i do ultimately as a parent is hopefully geared around that when i do things badly when i'm reflecting on something that didn't go well it's usually because it didn't align to those values and it didn't align to those goals similarly as an employee or an employer um my goals are to to serve people, to do something meaningful in my business, to, to kind of help to, to change something in the world. And that's, I do various different things, so it's not always about the same thing. In the Kintsugi Life Movement, my hope is that I can help other people to weather the challenges that I've weathered by adopting similar tactics that I've adopted. Um, as a project manager, my, my intention is to, to deliver significant change in organizations and to help them to function better. So, you know, there are different goals for different spheres of life. But the key thing is, I have an idea of what it is I want to achieve, so that ultimately shapes my efforts and it also informs the amount of effort that I place on on trying to become better at doing those things. So, you know, those those are the kinds of reasons I think that goals are important in every aspect of life and I'd urge you to think about perhaps some of the goals in areas of your life where things aren't going as well as you'd like them to. You know, do you actually have a clear goal? Do you actually have a clear idea of how you want to move forward in that area of life? Because if you don't, that may just be what's making you kind of uncertain about how you go forwards. The second area is about um, using the idea of reflection and growth. So yeah. reflection, looking back, is often a difficult thing to do for some some people in some circumstances. We look back on things and we think, well, you know, that was fairly painful or that was a, a difficult time or an upsetting time or, you know, a time where I really could have done better or I just wasted it and wasted my life. Um, but You know there's value in doing that because in reflecting you are forced to look at and identify the places where you could improve for the future so you can't change the past that's an obvious but in reflecting we can certainly identify the opportunities where there are chances for us to learn chances for us to identify the the breakages if you like and to apply the kintsugi life thinking to actually heal those areas and to learn from those areas and strengthen in those areas so that we don't make the same mistakes again And that's where the growth aspect comes in, you know, growing, strengthening, becoming a better version or becoming better able to deal with certain specific things is what the Kintsugi Life Movement is all about. The final tip, and I guess the final area to to kind of think about and take away from this podcast is about forgiveness. So I talked there about um, reflecting on the past and looking back. Forgiveness is a massive part of, of the Kintsugi Life Movement. Um, a quote that I wanted to offer to you is from Lily Tomlin and that's that forgiveness means giving up all hopes of a better past. And what that really means to me is that there is no means of changing the past. You know, you can't change what's happened. You can't make the past better than it was. You know, you may look back on a few years of absolute you know, success where you were crushing it, where you were getting everything you wanted from life, where you were successful, your relationships were happy and loving and fulfilled you were making loads of money, you had loads of friends, you were doing things brilliantly, you know you may look back on it and see all the ways in which you could have made it even better but the fact is you can't, you know, you even even then you can't um, improve things and, and therefore forgiveness in that context whilst it seems slightly stretched is to say well you know I can't do anything about that, it was fantastic, I'm going to accept that, I'm going to be grateful for that and I'm going to try and move forwards, I'm going to try and stretch myself even further in future more classic interpretation though of forgiveness is where you know you're looking back on times where things didn't go well you know I look back on on even happier times in my life and rather than just fixating on my divorce and think well you know that was good but it could have been better you know I could have been a better husband I could have done better by my kids I could have been more patient as my daughters were becoming teenagers and I I could have made more money I could have stopped wasting money I could have Made better financial decisions. I could have been a better son to my parents, a better brother. I could have been a far better friend. But you can't change that. You can't keep hoping for a better past because the past is there. It's gone. It's done. So that forgiveness in that context is about saying, right, well, if these are all the areas in which I felt I could have done better in the past, then let's make sure I'm damn well going to do the best I can in the future. I'm going to move forwards and I'm not gonna spend another five years being a terrible friend where I only call once a month, but I'm actually gonna pick up the phone and call my friend today. I'm gonna be a better son, I'm gonna visit my parents more, I'm gonna spend more time with them, more time listening and more time enjoying their company. Um, And I'm not gonna waste money, I'm not gonna go making silly impulse purchases and I'm gonna do everything I can to make more money and support my family and be a better parent or a better business owner. You know, there are always opportunities to take that forgiveness, let go of the past, and then use it to shape your future, applying the kintsugi life thinking to strengthen ourselves and to move forwards. So there you have it really, that's that's everything I wanted to talk about today. I realise it's been a bit of a whistle stop tour again, a bit longer this time than the initial introduction though and hopefully you're now starting to understand how the kintsugi life thinking and the, the kind of principles of the Japanese art form kintsugi can be applied in your life. I'm going to be doing several more of these podcasts over the coming days and weeks um, to kind of offer you some overviews of areas in life where I've applied the Kintsugi uh, thinking to my life for benefit to grow and strengthen myself and how I think you can do the same. Um, what I'm working on at the moment is trying to get some interviews in place where people who who kind of have similar perspectives on this and who've done similar, uh, who've, uh, completed similar activities or who do jobs where... Effectively, they pl- apply kintsugi in their lives, or apply it in the lives of others for them. So, I think there's a massive amount of uh, value in this, and I hope you're you're you feel the same way. I'm assuming so, as you're here. Um, I look forward to um, producing more of these podcasts, and I would welcome any input, feedback, insights, or suggestions, even of things that you want um, covered in future episodes. You can reach me uh, on email at toby at kintsugilife.co. Kintsugilife.co is our website. And uh, you'll also find us on Facebook under facebook.com forward slash kintsugilifestyle. So reach out as much as you wish and I hope to hear from you soon. In the meantime, this is Toby from Kintsugi Life saying thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. This has been the Kintsugi Life podcast from Toby Hazelwood. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful and I'd welcome feedback or contact from you to let me know your thoughts. You can reach out on toby at kintsugilife.co. Thank you.